the Tank and Geese show. Yeah, you know what to do. We talk about sports and today, homeowners, where you at? Let's go. Hey. <laughs> what, do I have to freestyle after that? Because <laughs> well, yeah, I suck. Because like <laughs> I anyway, suck. <laughs> anyways, it's your boy, Gio. It's your boy, Thank you. What it do? And today we got, uh, you know, we, we just started off a little bit talking about this episode. I'm excited because... Yeah, after you told your story before we started recording, yeah, man, it sounds interesting. But anyways, welcome and welcome him, Jaime. We got, uh, I mean, some people know him as Willie. You know, some people know him on Instagram as Lord William. Welcome, bro. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you for you. your time. <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah. Like I was telling you guys, um, this are uh, yeah. So like the homeowner stuff, like. I was kind of rushed into it, but yeah, I was, I was saying, Jaime, like, I, I wish I, one, had more time to look into it and I rushed into it. And two, once I went through it, I was like, I wish I could start a YouTube channel too. I could, you know, teach people of like my findings of my errors of what I went through and a lot of the terminology that I was unfamiliar to. And it was like an unknown process to me. So like, I know I mentioned this. Uh, I think we were, I was watching a, a what was it Niners game at Niners Cowboys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I told him, and he's like, "Yo, I'll, I'll have a podcast. I'll have you on it." And I was like, "Oh shit! Like, let's do it." You know. And at the time, I was faded, but then <laughs> then, <laughs> I completely forgot about it, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, just to let the people know, you know, uh, out there listening, you know, this episode we're gonna talk about Willie's gonna. Talk about his experience buying a home, the process, like he mentioned, the terminology, just so we, you know, because it is an interesting thing because I feel me and Jaime in our future, that's something we, you know, something we got to start thinking, you know, a home. And sometimes, like you were mentioning before we start recording, you're like, cool, I got my loan. Where's the house? But I guess there's more to that. And that, that's what we're going to dive, uh, dive into in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um so yeah, shit, where to start? Um, that was literally the question I was asking myself when uh like I was telling you guys, I was looking at apartments getting ready to uh move in with my girlfriend and and then uh where I was I was living with my parents and the landlord just you know told us that he was selling the property. So that kind of switched my whole mindset. My parents were like also now looking with me to rent. Like I was looking for an apartment, they were looking for an apartment. Um, and yeah, and then we, we noticed that, Hey, like apartments right now, and I was trying to stay in Redwood city are super expensive. You know, like, uh, I was looking for a two bedroom, um, because I have my daughter, um, and they, my parents were looking for a two bedroom and like a fucking shitty one. I used to live in Fair Oaks just to get one in Fair Oaks, which I think is one of like, you know, not, not to say that it's a shitty spot or anything, but. <laughs> You know, it's it's not your best neighborhood in yeah. Redwood City. And it, it <laughs> the, the, we were looking in those areas and they were up like 2,600, you know, like for a two bedroom. And I was like, that's crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, so my parents were going to be playing, paying around that money, 2,600. I was going to be paying 2,600. You add those two up. It was about like you're looking at like five thousand um, dollars, a little over that. And it we're just didn't make sense you know we're gonna spend all that money and make someone else rich and why not why not just look into purchasing ourselves and actually own something you know 
Um, and it's and it's not that easy, you know. Like you shouldn't just like, think of it like I just said it and like oh it's that easy. It also comes with like a down payment and stuff like that. And and I will get into that. Um, but yeah, once we I made the decision to like you know what, sat down with my parents and and I understood that uh, the journey that I was gonna go down wasn't really gonna be your picture perfect IG, you know, because I saw some of my friends getting their houses and showing the keys and they have their families and it's just them. They went independent and they bought their own house. Um, I wasn't going to be like that. You know, I, I, I prepared myself for that. Like I, I came at peace with it with myself where like, okay, I'm gonna buy a house and I'm going to buy it with my parents and I'm going to be partial owner. It's going to be 50, 50 split down the middle. Um, but how they were saying, you know, like uh, um, now it's like instead of me living with my parents, it's like my parents are going to live with me because I'm going to they had that conversation with me. They they wanted to uh, help me out on getting a house. And their plan is in like I was telling you guys before uh, the recording in five years, their plan is they're going to retire and they're going to leave to Mexico. And then that 50 percent that they have, they're going to just give to me. And and that's how they're going to help me. And then in return, they just want, you know, whenever they do come visit from Mexico, to have a place here um, to, you know, crash out for the month that they're here or whatever amount of time they're here. But yeah, that was the mindset. Um, I don't know if you guys have any questions or just want me to keep talking. Uh, or... So how did you find your, your realtor, your real estate guy? Because um, I know okay. that was like one of the, like, I, that might be one of your first steps. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when we made the decision to get a house, um, nobody owns a house in my family other than my cousin. So we reached out to her and we were like, Hey, we like, this is our, the, the, where the house where we're living is getting sold. Um, we're looking to get the, the, to buy a house. Like what is, what are the process to, you know, to start? Um, and she, she bought her house like 20 years ago. So she's like, Oh yeah, I, 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 I can recommend my realtor. It was 20 years ago. I haven't seen her since then, but I, uh, I have her card. If you guys want to give it a shot. She gave us the number. We reached out and um, and we started working with her. And that's I guess that gets into my first suggestion, like uh, really do some background uh, on your realtor like that. I can't stress that enough. Like you want to find someone that has um, that has really good reviews. Um, they might they usually have websites or, or um, you get you get easily find like on Facebook and stuff like that uh, on reviews on the realtor. Um, people, you could even see like people that have helped out. You might even want to like reach out to them and like, how was this realtor? Um, and then also, um, through recommendations, my cousin recommended her, but it was been 20 years since she talked to her. So, you know, a lot changes from then. Um, so when we met with her, um, I, I don't want to down talk the realtor, but like one, we were in a, we were in a rush. Like I said, the, the property we were at was being sold and we had 90 days to move. Um, and yeah, she wasn't the greatest. I, I wish I had more time to do exactly what I just said, do a little bit more research, um, find the perfect fit for us. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was completely rushed, but yeah, I think your step one, if I could do it all over again, it would be, um, the first step is making sure first that you are approved for a loan, you know, like, go, go get uh choose a loan officer. And, and that could be anywhere from like, like Gio mentioned, like a, a bank, it could be a mortgage company. It could be a credit union. 
Um, and, and they'll start, they, they will start asking you for like, prepare to fully get naked with your finances with this person, because it, you probably don't share a lot of your finance with anyone. And this person's gonna ask you every single detail, you know, like, where's your employment? What's your income? They'll look at your credit score, like what assets, if you have any loans or like cars that you bought, um, your pay stubs, your bank statement, your tax returns, like all that good stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, be prepared to share all that stuff. Um, so I, I would say like, that's where if you're starting and you feel like you're ready and you want to get started, I will start off with a loan officer and see if you're pre-approved. Once you're pre-approved for whatever amount of money that you you get approved for, then the next step would be getting a realtor and and looking. And now you could tell them like, hey, this is what I got approved for, and show me some houses. That'll be like your personal, private like person that shows you houses, and then they'll ask you the questions and like you know they'll pr- practically help you get your dream house. Right. Since since you were rushed, how many houses were you able to see? Uh, so we saw a fair amount. I saw a lot. I I downloaded a bunch of apps. The realtor gave me her application where, I mean, her website where like I signed up and I was getting like notified of, of new houses. But I think my, my, one of my friends, actually, when I was going through the process, uh, like a month into the process, one of my boys, uh, from a program I did in San Francisco called Europe. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but, uh, he got, he also got his realtor's license and, and I was talking to him and, and, and I was, oh man, looking back, I wish I should have used him. <laughs> I think he would have done a better job, but he, uh, he also shot me his website and I started, I started looking in his website and he was giving me the similar options as the other realtor. Um, so I think they all use the same database, um, yeah. because they were, they were suggesting the same houses. Um, and the only reason I didn't use my friend, it was because I would have to start the whole process again with him. So and then since I was already on a 90 day crunch, I was like, you know what, let me just move forward with this realtor that I have. Um, But yeah, I did see a fair amount of houses. Um, I first I wanted to stay in the peninsula since I work in Redwood City. But man, you cannot find a house for under like a mill in (laughs) in the peninsula that's livable. You can find like a, a house that is like a fixer upper and it's like probably like 800, 900 Right. At least when I was in the market, which is like around last year, around like November, December time, houses were expensive in the peninsula. And, and, and I just had to, you know, be real with myself. And since I had already talked to the loan officer, I knew how much I was approved for. I could not afford the peninsula. So I had to start looking into the East Bay. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen like more and more people are like moving out of the peninsula because it's just. The only thing that's affordable to buy is like roughly like a condo. And those are still like, yeah. you're like looking at a one bedroom. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I see more people moving to the East Bay or even to like Tracy Modesto or like that, that area. Cause it's just cheaper. But the bad thing is that the work is down here. There, there you go. And that's what I was going to say. Like I have a, I have a friend that they, they moved to, to Modesto but they have to make once once we go back to the office, you're gonna have to make that drive. And like if they require for him to be in office like two to three days, like, man, that's tough. And and so my dad, same thing. That was one of the things my dad said. Like I, all my all my colleagues, they're from Sacramento, they have huge houses. These houses are fucking nice, you know, like pool. Like I'm talking about like 
that house you get in the final mission in GTA. (laughs) (laughs) But like, at what price? You know, these people have to wake up early, two hours from SAC to get here, start at eight. Then they're off at five, catch traffic because everyone else also lives and is getting off at five. And then you, you go, you drive back two hours and and you hear you hear all these different stories where like people are like um, either it catches up to them. They fall, fall asleep behind the wheel and crash. Um, they end up like stressing out a lot and, and having, you know, it affects their health um, and they start looking more tired. They start looking older um or it's just as little as um they leave the house and their kids are sleeping and then they get to the house and the kids are sleeping so they're not really getting to enjoy their family they have a house but at what cost you know and then then if you go back they they take away five hours of their day on the road exactly and like i i get get it you know like uh to me i've always had the saying where like I value my time, you know, and, and, and there's no money that, or whatever price that you could pay me for my time. So if you're taking five hours out of my every day, like no one could give you those five hours back, you know? So, I mean, to each his own, I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'll be lying to you guys. I, I looked at houses in Sacramento. I looked at houses in Modesto and, and they're super nice and they were cheaper than they are here. Um, they're not as cheap as they used to be, but yeah, it, it, I had to, like I said, be real with myself, and I I can't do that, man. So after after you uh, you found your uh, your house, like what, what drew you to that? Um. So okay, yeah, we looked at several houses. Some houses, like they were not meeting our criteria, and you know, we were just looking for something. My, my dad works construction, so our expectations weren't like that high because we could fix anything. Um, at least he can. And he told me that. And obviously I'm gonna help him out. Um, but so we just wanted something like livable. But then when we saw this house that we ended up getting, um, it was actually like higher than what we expected, at least for like how it looked. It had just gotten remodeled for, for the price it, it had. It, it meant all, it like checked off all of our things, you know. And the one thing that people didn't like that were in the market searching which to us, it worked to our benefit. Like, um, it's in a, like, it's in a private area, but it's near a freeway. I mean, you don't, you, you don't hear anything here, but mm-hmm. apparently that, that people don't like, but to me that worked out because I need to be near the freeway to get to work. Hello, fellow fast, you know? So that to me was not a, a, a bad thing, but apparently that's what the realtor tellers like, Oh, you guys have a great chance in this house. I know it's really pretty, but it's next to the freeway and people don't like living next to the freeway um think of it as like rollinson in 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 uh, uh, you know how it's right next to the freeway but like you know uh, the the it's a little bit further and at least in rollinson like the wall's right there like i hear there's like a there's a patch of grass and then there's the wall so it's a little bit further um that and what was the thing oh and like uh the bar uh the bart passes through here but it's kind of like kind of far you don't really you get to see it but you don't really hear it but uh, apparently that was like a deal breaker for some people because they think that like, oh, that's not your privacy. You know, the, the train is passing and everybody could see. Um, but I mean, you could fix that by like putting your fences a little bit higher, which is what the project that we're working on right now with my dad. Um, but yeah, to us, that wasn't like a deal breaker. So I just everything seemed to work out for us. So it checked off all of our boxes. So, yeah. Just to circle back. So mm-hmm. 
what are, you know, you mentioned like, man, if I could do this over, I'll do it different. But what are some things that surprised you about this whole experience that you were like, not, you were like, man, I have no idea. That's what you do to do this process. Yeah. Um, Sheesh. All right. Looking back, what was difficult? Honestly, the, the terminology was like, I wasn't prepared for these, like, and it's hard, man. Like nobody prepares you for this. Uh, it, it, uh, and I, you work in the bank, right, Gio? Um, so maybe to you, they're familiar to me when I was dealing with them. Like, uh, I didn't know. And like, I told you, told you guys, like, um, my, I had to also translate to my parents what they were saying, but it's like, how do you translate escrow to my parents? And I don't even know what escrow is, you know? So like, and I'm just there like, and I'm like, I don't know. So I was like, yo, like, I, I was like, can you explain what escrow means? And, and then she would explain it to me with like fancier terms that I didn't really mean stuff to me, you know? Um, and I was like, fuck, dude. So uh, that, that, that goes back to like, you know, picking a good realtor. Um, I feel like maybe she was, a, she was good when she was, my, my cousin might've met her when she was barely starting and, and, and maybe you want someone that's barely starting because they're hungry to get that like recognition. Right. The, my realtor, um, she's been doing it for 20 years. So like to her, it was just, you know, an, another, another person buying a house. And, and I started seeing that every single time we would meet, like, she would say little comments that I was like, what? Like, um, for example, like, oh yeah, like, you know, last year I made over like 300 K and it's like, oh fuck. Like that means, you know, she's, she's making money. <laughs> so to her, we're maybe like stuff that just, I was like, what the hell? And, and maybe later down as we get through this, uh, um, I'll tell you guys, like when we were getting closer to like the closing costs or whatnot. Um, and like I told you guys, um, shit, uh, I don't know how to explain this. So, you know, I told you guys about the bidding war yeah. um, and, and, and how I ended up like fucking myself over because I got I got approved for like a certain amount. And then I, I for for example, like we'll just throw a number like I, I got approved for like, like let's say a mill. Right. And mm-hmm. and then I, I was shopping for a house that was around like, you know, 800 just to give myself that space of 200 to be bidding. And I'm over here bidding like, you know, I still got 200K. I got approved for 200K. But then in reality, and here comes another term for you guys, the appraisal comes, which is, you know, where the the loan officer or the bank comes and checks and they actually tell you, hey, I know that you got in a bidding war and the house was, you know, you guys ended up with the house at like 950 um, or maybe that's too crazy. We'll say like 850 um, and we value the house for 800. So those those 50 that you got in a bidding war with someone else have to actually come from your pocket on closing day on top of the like deposit that you're going to give on top of the home insurance that you're going to pay for on top of like the the taxes that you're going to pay and all these fees that you pay on top of that, like this comes. So I guess to bring it full circle and to answer your question, the most difficult part of it all was, you know, working against the clock because I had 90 days and I feel like I was rushed and like sad to say it, but my realtor man like that was i i made a very poor decision with that um i didn't really feel like i had the the backing of my realtor you know like when i had questions i didn't really feel like they were answered she made those little comments that 
made me feel like, you know, oh, I just sold a house this morning to someone that like, you know, and they paid it all, like almost all of it. And I'm like, damn, like, shit, I'm not there, you know, <laughs> like uh, stuff like that. And even when I was going through the closing costs, like she's explaining to me what I just explained to you that those 50K have to come from my pocket on day uh, on closing day. Um, she was like, yeah, well, that's the market we're in right now. So if you don't have that money, I know people right now that are willing to have cash that money out quick. And I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like that we're broke or what? Like, yeah. you know, like make me feel some type of way. And, and even to that point, I, when she said that I popped off, I was like, yo, you didn't explain me. You didn't do your job. You didn't explain to me that I was getting myself into a bidding war. And if, if I, the house got valued lower than what we agreed to pay in the bidding war that that whatever the that difference was had to come at closing day like so basically i fucked myself over and i gotta pay for the fuck over you know and you didn't do your job you didn't explain that to me if not i would have never got into a bidding war um and me saying that popping off on her um my family even got mad at me they were like yo like we, we're in crunch time we're literally like two weeks from like being homeless homeless practically and you're getting a fight with the realtor and this and they were all mad at me like it, uh, whatever mistake we made we will we'll, we'll, we'll ask one of our aunts to let, let, let us borrow that money and we'll pay her off you know like because you could do that you could ask your family for gift yes. money and then you could just like you know obviously you'll pay them back but it's just a gift and that was the the what we were going to do. Well, we're going to have one of my aunts give a gift and this and that. And we're going to pay that amount that we fucked ourselves over. And this is where I realized that a realtor was pretty much trash when I popped off on her. And I told her, you know what? Like, I kept it professional, never insulted her or anything, even though sometimes she got on my nerves. But when she said that, like, you know, I got people right now that could uh, pay whatever money and they don't even have a, a another term for you guys, contingency, you know, like on on the deposit and and shit like that and and when i popped off of her literally within 24 hours my my family was mad at me and they were scared because we might lose lose this house that we're about to like close in on she calls us the next day and like oh i talked to the loan officer and i talked to the seller that amount that you guys were going to pay well it's only going to be now less because i talked to madam and it's like yo it sounds like you were trying to come up on some money (laughs) You know, and if I wouldn't have popped off that day, we would have probably gone through with paying that money. Like r- roughly, like how much does the realtor make off of a like a once they sell a house? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So a realtor will make they have to close the deal, um, and once they do, they make anywhere I think it's from like two percent or three percent of the sale uh, of the final sale price. So if you upbid, they're gonna make yeah. a little bit more money you know so um so yeah you you gotta also that's why i say like if anyone that's going into this like really know what you could afford what you could do because you could uh they're gonna do their job you know the realtor needs to sell you a house they're gonna do their job so you can't like blame them and the loan officer is gonna approve you for whatever you approve you know they're not gonna tell you like oh you're approved for nine hundred thousand, but don't get a nine hundred thousand house they're not gonna say that you know they're just gonna do their job so you should know how much you could afford. You should know how much you're willing to go up to. You should know all your numbers before you go into this. And like a good, a good like rule of thumb that I learned, like through a multiple hours and YouTube research is like whatever you make in a month as a, a 
and I think this is how a loan officer looks at it too, like your gross uh, income, which your gross is, uh, it's before taxes, opposed to your net, which is after taxes. Um, so if you look at your, you look at your gross and they divide it in half. So for example, like, oh, this person makes like 600K a month. I mean, 6K a month. If you divide that in half, it's three, uh, 3,000. So they could afford a, a, a mortgage of 3,000 a month. That's just how they see it, you know? And then on top of that, if you own, if you have like credit cards and you have debt, you have uh, credit cards and you have a, a car, they'll look at that too and be like, okay, so we cut it in half. And so out of 6,000, he could afford a $3,000 mortgage, but he has a car loan that he pays, you know, for easy math. Easy math will say 200. So so now those 3,000 turn into like 2,800. And he also has a credit card debt and they add up all the minimum payments that you do. And let's say it's 100. So that's 300 that they'll take away from that 50% that they already did. And then now you start seeing how a loan officer looks at it. And they're basing this off of your gross before the taxes. The reality is that's not what the person is netting in, you know, <laughs> like, so you, that's what I'm saying. You got to know your numbers. And, and I think the, the rule of thumb is like from your net, you should, your mortgage, ideally, if you're like really perfect, you want to be perfect about it, it's 30%. You know, your, your mortgage should be 30% of your net, but that's like, if you're talking to like a financial expert, but what a regular person, the regular, like normal people like you and I, where the reality is you end up paying like 40% of your net. Um, so you should be going into this knowing like, Hey, 40% of what I make is what my, what my mortgage should, what I should be paying. Uh, and you won't be like, quote unquote, paying too much or overpaying or whatnot, but full disclosure, I'm not a financial advisor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is just off your experience <laughs> yeah off of my own experience yeah i don't want anyone just you know hitting me up like oh, i heard you tell and you know that podcast this and that and <laughs> yeah no fuck that <laughs> so, but yeah so you get the loan right uh-huh. uh you get the loan you're with the realtor but what's something else that you're like well i gotta get that too what is that what are some things that they also put on you that you have to get now that you're a homeowner. Okay. Um, home insurance, like uh, depending also on like, then you get into these little small programs, like, um, you know, first house for first FHA, I think first house buyer or something. So I forget what it's called. I didn't opt into that. Um, it's home buyer, right? You get like, yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. I you get, you I, get, I remember you were telling me uh, at Fuego that, there's like different percentages, right? That you can yeah. opt into. And I was like, what the fuck? I never heard about that. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's see. So the FHA, FHA or something like that. Sorry, I, I don't know. it. Um, I was hearing different things from different people. Like, you know, that, that's great, but opt, don't opt in because, and, and this, and then I did my research and I saw, and, and it is true. Like if you do a first time buying house, whatever, that's what we'll call it. Um you have to put 3.5% uh, towards a house uh, as down payment, but you, you're going to have to, for the lifetime of the, of the loan, which most of them are 30 years, for 30 years, you have to have insurance on that house. You just, you have to. So you can, uh, opposed to uh, conventional, which is what I did, um, which you give more than 35 
um, which is about like five, 5% or 6%. I, uh, but, uh, like what usually people do, um, you still get home insurance, but once you own 20% of the house, you have the option to take the insurance off and that's an extra payment that you don't have to pay. But in reality, when you have an asset like a house that is a lot of money, it just makes sense to have insurance on it. I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't have insurance on my house, you know, because if something would happen and I, I'm already, I already own 20% of the house and I take off the insurance and then something happens to the house, then whatever happens to the house has to come out of my pocket. So it doesn't make sense for me to not have, um, not have uh, insurance on my property. But when I was first introduced to the whole, uh first time buyer thing they told me like oh don't opt into it because you're gonna have insurance you have to have insurance for the, the 30 years of your loan and it's a shitty insurance that the government gives you and it doesn't really cover you for much you know so it's a shitty insurance that's expensive and it doesn't cover you um then and like i said i only had 90 days so i believed that and so i was like i'm not gonna do fha um but the reality is then later I did some research when I had some time and I was like, did I really get fucked over? Like, let me do my research now with time. And it was like, that was not all true. You know, no one, and through my research and I don't know if it's true or not. Um, they ne- no, none of, no one said that it's a shitty insurance. It just says that you have to be in insurance for 30 years. That's it. That's the only difference. You have to have insurance for 30 years. I, I, I didn't see anything about being shitty. I didn't see of anything being like more expensive than other and now looking back on it, maybe I should have opted into that because I would have had gave a less uh, down payment. So 3.5. And like I told you guys, I don't see myself not having insurance on my house. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm super new to this, too. So. <laughs> and um, yeah, but I forgot we, we I forgot to mention, like, so the loan wise, you said 30 mm-hmm. years, right? Is that like standard? Is there other options? Like, what are some options for, for, you know, getting this loan? Yeah. So to my understanding, um, I think it's 30 years. That's like what usually people do. But once you, I think, start paying, and this is something that maybe I could do on part two. Um, <laughs> um, I have to look into it. So I, I, I was told by my realtor which again i don't know if i could trust that but she said in a year don't buy a car because that's what typically what someone will do your credit goes up your credit goes up you know when you buy a house so people uh buy cars start buying other stuff but that just gets you in debt so um in a year you can refinance your house and and by refinancing um your mortgage will drop um she said i could do it in a year i don't know how true that is i would have to look into it but my understanding about refinancing, and and you correct me, Gio, because you know probably know more about this than me. Um, basically, you're just adding more years to your to your loan, you know. So if I had a thirty year old, I mean a thirty year loan, uh, I could probably extend it a little more, like five more years, which will buy me a little bit more, uh, squeeze a little more space, and lower my mortgage payment. But I haven't looked into that, so don't hold me accountable to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the just obviously. I can't say anything, technically speaking, you know, because then I have to say where I work, what company and stuff. Okay. So, but, <laughs> um, I mean, also, I'm not, I'm not licensed, so I, I wouldn't be able to best advise you. But yeah, what you're saying around there is pretty true. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, like most of them are 30 years. Yeah. 
Hey, how do you know like how much of a <clears throat> how much is a, a good amount for a down payment? Because I've heard like oh like you you'd be okay with like twenty k, but then I heard like others like oh forty k. Yeah, no, and it's and it's it's crazy. So like, I'll give you the ideal scenario, right? It like depends this, also right on the price of the house. And yep, so it depends on the price of the house, and like, like uh, so when you find your loan officer, your loan officer will tell you, you know, like if you have better credit score, like that interest is going to look uh, lower. And the more percentage you give on a down payment, the the better your loan terms will be and, and whatnot. And that is true, you know? So the ideal scenario that your loan officer would like for you to do, but nobody really has, the ideal scenario is to have a credit score of like 740 and put 20% down of whatever the house is. Keep in mind, that's a lot of money, you know, like 20, 20% of like one mil. Cause that's kind of like the average house out here. That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, so like the, the, I think the typical, like decent, you'll get some decent options is like having a credit score of like 680 um, and putting down three, 3.5 down payment um that will be i can't really give you a specific number because yeah. like depending on the price of the house three percent of that that's what it'll be um i'll tell you for for my house we we ended up giving like five percent um but yeah and that made our uh made our mortgage payments a little bit less not not much more but you know we just wanted to pay a little more front to get to that 20 percent quicker and right and you can give more like if you if that month you know your mortgage is you know like five thousand you want to i don't know you got a bonus or whatever and you want to throw six thousand just to get it out of the way like go for it man like it, it'll get you get you to own that house quicker and it'll drop your mortgage payments and and whatnot you know that's crazy how like one thing affects the other thing Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, even if you co-sign, like if you co-sign for someone, and now you're trying to buy a house, and let's say, like, you know, I co-sign with with you, Tanke, uh, and on a car, and you fucking missed the payment, and I have nothing to do, but if my name is there, that looks bad on me. You know, like they're gonna be like, oh, like you missed the payment here, and I'm like, nah. What do you mean I missed the payment on a car? I don't even have a car. It's like, oh, well, it sounds here that you co-sign on this car, and. He missed the payment, so it means you missed the payment. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so no co-signing, at least not within <laughs> the year. At least not with Jaime, because he misses his payment. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to sell some of those kicks back there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, there's, there's, a, yeah, there's a lot of factors, like, in the process that of the, of you like you know going through this home buying don't epi- don't open any credit cards no new accounts because that affects your credit score don't get any loans um don't don't fucking get any cash you know don't take any cash like you can't be like oh uh you know i i, I have to give uh you know whatever like fifty thousand dollars right uh, and i'm short like five thousand dollars and Gio and Tanke owe me five thousand, so they owed me money, and I collected the money and I put that cash in the bank. You're better off using that cash somewhere else, you know, go to a strip club or something, because 
Cause that's not gonna unless you like unless me and you you and I made an agreement on loan terms and we sign a paper and I say that I lent you five thousand dollars and there's paper trail to it then okay if not it's gonna be seen as money laundering and that doesn't fly you know even Bemo gets a little bit sketchy um, uh, oh no I just transferred that from my Bemo okay well where did it come from and every every penny has to have like where it came from you know so yeah like what counts is like pay stubs you know paychecks if you get a bonus that counts um uh any loans that you have have paper trail like i told you like if i bought, let you borrow money excuse me and um and i have like a paper trail like oh yeah i'm signed here that he owe me five thousand dollars so now i'm gonna go collect that you know then that counts uh if you sold a car and you, you went through the DMV and you actually, instead of putting GIF on the the, the, the pink slip, you actually put the price that it is, um, then you could use that money. You know, if if you if it's just plain cash and you don't have any way of showing it that you actually, you know, got it the right way, don't use it because they'll look at that and they'll be like, that money doesn't count. Damn, that's fucking crazy, man. They yeah, like dig so into every- your financials deep. Oh yeah, they do. Um, they look at your income, like don't change jobs. Um, because if you do like, that's a problem. They look like two years into your like employment. They want to make sure that, you know, either you are making the same amount of money, or if you did switch jobs that at least you're getting paid the same way. Like, um, what I mean by that, like if you were at a company and you were, you were getting like W2, that the way you, the, wherever you went is still W2, that kind of, they'll work with you on that um if you transfer jobs they want to make sure that there was at least growth you know like you can't be like oh i was working here and made like 10 bucks and now i'm over here and i make nine bucks that doesn't really look good like i'm about to give you like a million dollars and you don't you can't even afford this you know and and it seems like you're dropping in value and jobs so i don't trust you with a million dollars i don't think you can pay me back so you know you gotta also think think from their side. They're they're giving you a lot of a large amount of money, and they just want to make sure that they they're gonna get their their money's worth back. Yeah, but saying that, don't stay at a job just to buy a house. Like if you don't like the job, get the fuck yeah. out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so if obviously you mentioned that this was pretty much like you know quick, like one day you were gonna rent, and then, then the next day you're like, I'm gonna buy a house. But did you have like a cushion of like, all right, I'm gonna put this money aside in case and I do a big, big change in my life like you did, like or, or did you not think about that before um, you made this purchase? Yeah, hell yeah, I bought crypto when I when it was. Nah, I'm kidding. Stark industry. <laughs> nah, man. Um, I think uh, that's a good question. So th- there's definitely like some pre-steps that you could take into. I think, um, like I said, I didn't go down the ideal way where like I bought my house myself and like I took my time to buy it and shit. So like there's definitely some things to think about when you're um, when you're about to go there. Like definitely think of like a timeline, you know, like, OK, right now I'm renting. Um, my lease is up in like nine months. So like maybe you have that nine months to, you know, like what, cause if start planning adequately, like, you know, when those, that time comes, maybe I'm gonna start looking like three months before that. Cause it does take like two to three months to get something or it could take more six months or whatnot. Um, and I think we can make a whole other episode on this, but like, 
uh, I got uh, thanks to thanks to COVID. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was spending my money like crazy. So like you know, every, I was kind of forced to um, start saving because I wasn't going anywhere. I was going like to concerts and and in Redwood, it's easy to like you know blacksmith and and the German and A forty have all of my money in there, all my pay stuff. So you know, I'm I, in a weird way, I'm thankful for COVID. You know, it forced me to stay in. I had money. I started saving, um, and and I started I started reading. Um, and I and to me, I was big on like reading about. I don't, I, I like reading, you know, like novels on stories and stuff like that. But at this time I was like, you know what, I, I need, I need to get better in financing and I'm going to start looking at finance books. And then in me reading, I noticed like, yo, I, I fall asleep reading, bro. Like I, and I don't remember half of this shit. So then I was like, what can I do? What can I do? So I, and I don't even know if this consider reading, but I, I, uh, I got audible and I got the physical book. So now they're literally reading it to me and I'm just highlighting shit and taking notes on the book. So like an hour or two before I go to bed, I grab my book and I put my headphones on and I just start highlighting shit. And like, you know, um, and I picked something that I was interested in, which was finance and, and decided to get financially. Cause I, I was not, I was living paycheck to paycheck. And then I, I just decided like, Hey, I got tired of that. So, um, I started reading this book called, I will teach you to be rich. Um, and basically, um, it's not the rich that, you know, as that's the first thing I thought too, I'm gonna be rich. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the mentality behind it is just being debt free. You know, once you're debt free, then you have money to play around with. And, and once you have money to play around with my riches might, might be different than your rich. Like in the book, the guy says that, he was in college and he always said, like, I would consider myself rich when I could go out and eat every day. You know, if I could afford to eat out every day, then I'm rich. You know, so like what is your rich and whatever your rich is, um, once you achieve that, I'm sure you'll have more goals. And then your rich keeps changing every year. It'll keep changing. But long story short, in this book, like um, I was in debt and I was living paycheck to paycheck. The first chapter is like how to get out of debt. Um and and that that was like amazing. I didn't I didn't fucking know how to tackle down that, you know, and and he talks about like uh, two two ways that that you could go about it. Um, there's like an avalanche way um, and there's a uh, and I'm not sure if you guys heard of this, like avalanche and uh, snowball effect. Yeah. Uh, basically, if I could explain it quick, um, you basically put a, all all the debt that you all your credit cards, all you owe and shit, put put them all in like order of like whatever you owe, boom, 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 like 200, 100, 200, whatever, right? And then put all of the APR that you pay on that, you know, boom, all the interest, boom, 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 this is the interest that I pay on them. And then put the minimum payment of all of them, boom, 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 minimum, this is the minimum payment, you know, 30 bucks, 30 bucks, 30 bucks, 35, 35, okay. Once you have all that laid down, then put how much you make uh, a month, you know, how much do you make a month? Then uh put all your expenses i pay rent this much rent i pay this much so it's gonna take some work you know like you're, okay. you're gonna have to spend that time i make i pay this much rent i pay this much for my phone i spend this much and and you know um i don't know uh, put all your utilities and whatever and then with that number that you end up that's what you could you should freely be able to spend whatever you want right so based on that number that you end up with um fuck I, I wish i could explain it better um let's say it's a thousand bucks right keep it real with yourself and like how much are you willing to set aside to also obviously you know go out have fun and do whatever you like doing 
but also kind of tackle down like how much are you willing to put out of that a thousand bucks that after you paid all your utilities and all that the, your responsibilities are taken care of from those a thousand bucks how much are you willing like freely throw towards your debt let's say out of those a thousand you say you know what fuck it i'm i really want to get out of debt i have a thousand dollars to play around with i'm gonna give half so that means that 500 are going to go towards your um your debt so then now that you have all your debts lined up you know then that's when the avalanche avalanche way and the snowball goes uh starts kicking in so the avalanche way you start tackling down it's called avalanche because you see quick uh quick results you know and as as millennials we like to see quick results you don't see results you're like where the fuck is my money going you know so um so from the avalanche standpoint you target the account or credit that you owe the least you know so like if you put them all in line you owe 500 here you owe 600 here you owe like 700 over there and you owe like 100 bucks on this one so then you target that least one 100 bucks you have 500 bucks that you said you were going to throw towards that you know so you pay the minimum you pay the minimum on all the other cards so you pay 30 30 30 30 and then whatever's ya pasas todas ya no más te falta the one that you're targeting you throw whatever's left over, all of it, throw it to that account in hopes that you get rid of it. With the avalanche way, though, what you're not seeing, you're just seeing uh, you're closing down an account and you're getting rid of that account. But you're not seeing that maybe that wasn't the one that you're paying the most APR on. So you might end up paying more um, interest at the end of the day. But at least you, one you're already like targeting like to get out of debt and two like like i said as millennials we like to see quick you'll probably feel good like oh shit i just yeah i know now instead of four credit cards i only have three you know so whatever works and then the, the other one the snowball you don't really see a snowball because it's slow you don't really see much effect you what you're going to target is the one with the highest interest but the benefit of that one is you no longer at the end of the day, when you look at both methods on this one, you didn't pay a lot of an interest because you target the one with the highest interest. So, um, again, like I said, I, I could go deeper into it in another episode. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, and you, know, you know, it was yeah. crazy, too, that not a lot of people know that I found out. Too, oh, I did it <laughs> was uh, like, let's say you have like three credit cards and then you pay off mm-hmm. one credit card and you're like, all right. I don't want to use this credit card, so I'm gonna close that account. You close oh, that account. <laughs> you're, I I didn't know because I did that. I was like, I'm not gonna use this no more. I'm gonna close it. Yeah. And I closed it, and then you know, like through Credit Karma or whatever, you can look mm-hmm. at your FICO score. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that my my credit score went down. I was like, what the fuck? I paid it off. Like, why did it go down? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that by closing your credit card account, your credit score goes down. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why? Yeah. So That's yeah, why I, always, I always you know. Pay it off, and if you don't use it, don't use it. Yeah. It's better like that. Yeah, or just use like you know your regular. If you're doing grocery shopping, like just use it for that. Make sure it's like you're steady using it, and that you could you can put in what you could pay literally on that month right back. Or like Gio said, just don't use it, don't close it because you close it in it. You know that that affects. Uh, companies want to see that you have a lot of credit lines open and that you have a long history with those cards open. You know. So that's why it affects you. If you close one, that's less accounts that you have. And that history with that one kind of ends. So then you're looking like, you know, you don't have that much history with credit and you have less accounts. It sucks. Credit, credit and all that. It's kind of like it's it's a rigged system. You think, the fact you, that most people don't know, we have three credit scores. 
Yeah. You go to one bank and they're like, this is your credit score. And you're like, no, no, no. I checked it. It's this one. But it's a credit karma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, there's three bureaus, you know, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, and they all have different credit scores. They're yeah. pretty in the ballpark together, but, you know, some may, you may have 20 more or 20 less. Yeah. No, and that's a good point. Another thing is like if you're getting ready for a house and you're already kind of paying your your that's why I say timeline, you know, know when you're gonna go into buying a house. Um when when you're getting ready, you're almost down done with your debt, like make sure that it's like before the lenders pull like records from the end of the month and like middle of the month. So ideally everyone says or like through my YouTube finds and whatever, like be able to pay around like the 24th realistically, you know, because then they start pulling in and you're like, no, wait, I already paid my credit cards. I'll be like, oh, no, you're going to have to wait another month till we pull again because this is still showing up. You still owed like this, this, this. Um, so, yeah. So having that timeline, knowing when you want to be out of debt and like and honestly, like it's, it's a journey for some people like uh, it takes like it. it like I said, COVID happened. And for me, it took me like, like a solid year and a half to get at, to be debt free, you know? And, and once, once I was debt free, I felt great, you know, but then I didn't know what to do with all money. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm, I want to get in debt again. You know, those, those toxic behaviors, yeah. uh, you can never get rid of them, but yeah, that that book, it's great, man. Like the first one is like how to tackle debt. And then like the second section is like how to use credit cards to your advantage. Like, if, and this is something I didn't know either. Like, you know, like you're using your, your credit card has some advantages. Like, uh, you know, when you go to Best Buy and you buy the PS5 and then they're like, hey, do you want to buy a two year warranty on this? It has one year manufacturer warranty. But after that, you're shit out of luck. You know, if you buy it with your credit card, when this at least with the Chase uh, uh, Freedom card, um, it already comes with an extended two year warranty because you bought it with Chase. Just the simple. So you could just freely be like, nah, thanks, man. Like, I already got two year warranty on this with my credit card. You know, you don't have to say that. But yeah. in the back of the mind, you already know that, you know, Damn. same goes for uh for your phones you know like you, uh, we all have phones and you go to at&t you buy a phone they're like oh you just bought this nice phone don't you want to put insurance on it it's an extra like 10 bucks and you could be like nah i'm cool because i'm gonna pay my phone bill with my credit card and and chase gives me insurance to my phone i mean it's an extra phone call like calling chase like hey my phone broke but they'll cover it so you don't have to pay for insurance with your credit card. So little things like that, that I learned through the book that you could use your credit card and, and not to mention you get like, you know, reward points, um, uh, shit like that. If you also like, you know, your a card gets, gets hacked, you know, if it's your debit card, yeah, your bank will help you, but they're not really stressing because it's not their money. But if it's a, if it's a credit card, oh, they're going to be on it because that's their money. <laughs> so you, they'll, they'll get it, you know, so. Yeah, a thousand times use a credit card, but use it smartly. That's a big one. Uh, like I said, I can't say much, but definitely use a <laughs> credit card instead of your debit card on gas stations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it's like I said, I could we could do a whole nother episode on oh, that. Sure. Like how to auto automate your your finance life. I I work in tech, so uh, us like whenever you see something that you're using a lot of your like time and you can see like, you know, you're an Excel sheet and you're typing in all these numbers and it's kind of like repetitive work. 
you automate that shit, you know, like, Hey, I can, I can do this. Let's automate it. So if I could do that with my finance, like perfect. And I found a way to do it through this book, you know, like, uh, you know, little things that you don't even think about. Like if you, if I have a, a bank account with Chase and, and I, um, and I have my savings there too. And let's say I already, I'm already like kind of running low on my, on my bank account. Like let's say I got 20 bucks, you know, and, and I get, it's like, it's Thursday and I get paid like on next Friday. And then Gio's like, Hey, yo, let's go to the German bar, you know? And since I have my, both of my accounts in the same bank, I'd be like, you know what? We out. Let me transfer my savings and you transfer it right away. And it happens quick because it's the same bank. But if you use what I use is ally as my savings account, um, in order for my savings to come to my now, I sound like Kevin Hart and my yeah. savings and my the <laughs> way my finances are set. <laughs> no, but like realistically, like uh, the way my account is set up, like my bank account, uh, it takes three days for it to go to my debt, my my bank account. So from my savings to my bank bankings, it won't. It'll take three days. So my bad, you, I can't go like in three days, like, you know, and that, that, that's kind of holds you accountable. Like, yeah, you missed out on that day, but Hey, at least I'm closer to being debt free or I didn't spend that money that I didn't have. And, and that's something that ended up working for me. So I did it, you know, like, Hey, let me have my, my savings in this bank and having my bankings in this, in, in this, in this other bank. And whenever I need to, those times come and I want to pull, like it makes it hard on me. And in three business days, yep, I saw the whole German yeah. turn up, you know? <laughs> but luckily, German will still be there after those three German will still be there no matter <laughs> what, A42. Exactly. <laughs> if they don't take three business days, they get it right away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. To circle back, so, you know, the stress about getting the home, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, you know, man, like, uh, it's so stressful. But once you got those keys, what was that feeling? Oh man. To be honest, like I cried. I cried with my mom. I cried with my dad. And it's like, I I never thought I was going to buy a house, you know, like, uh, fuck. I, I, uh, I come from a bad neighborhood. I grew up in Fair Oaks and, and no one grows up thinking that, you know, well, first of all, I never thought I'd make it out of there. Um, everyone there is either you play soccer or you get shot or you go to jail, you know? So like there wasn't much that I could look up to there. Um, and I've lost a couple friends and, and to the gang life or to jail or even they're dead. Um, so just knowing that, you know, I, I, I fucking did it, you know, and then it wasn't, I was kind of forced into it. Cause like I said, we were getting the houses we were renting was getting, um, it was being sold and we had 90 days and looking at how everything was playing out. And, and I don't know, uh, God works in mysterious ways. Like I had picked up this financial book like a year and a half before this. And, and I just, I don't know what I was preparing myself for. I just thought I was just getting out of debt and starting a savings account and look what it turned out to um, two years later, year and a half later. Like I had, I was ready when that opportunity knocked at the door where like, Hey, you know, like I have, I don't have the the full amount for a, a down payment, but my parents are willing to go halves on it. So us together, we do have it. And, and to them, it's like, this is something that I could leave to, to my son. Um, and, and, and I have, I have sisters and, and, you know, all they ask is for always having an open door for them, which is my family, you know, and, and that's what I grew up on. Um, 
So yeah, I, I went from, you know, living in Fair Oaks, not having a room. I would live in the, I would sleep in the living room. So like on weekends, like I'm over here, like hella tired thinking that I'm going to wake up late on a Saturday morning and everybody's up. I live in, I, my room is a living room. So I, they want to watch TV or they're like the living rooms are next to the kitchen. So they they start cooking and I'm like, Oh fuck, I gotta get up. And it's like seven, you know? And I'm like, fuck, why are you guys cooking hella early or what? What's going on? What TV shows on that you guys really want to watch, you know? But like, yeah, that feeling was amazing. You know, like I said, I, I, I didn't do it like the typical person does it where I see on, on IG, everybody like, oh, I got my house and they they did it on their own and stuff like that. I, I didn't have that opportunity. And, and whoever does have that opportunity, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's awesome for them. For me, um, I feel successful and I feel like I, I did it. And and by doing so, and this is why I, I decided to do this podcast with you. And I'm, and I'm thankful that you guys gave me this, you know, platform um help others that you know maybe come from similar backgrounds and stuff like that like don't lose hope and and i know that i one of the major things was like uh, unknown um territory for me and i didn't know what it would take and a lot of the terminology and if you like we could get into it because i know i did throw a lot of like terminologies out there and and i myself didn't know what it was but and i could explain it but yeah but to answer your question like it was it was surreal it still is man like 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 Chris Rock says, like, like I got I got a backpack right here because it doesn't feel like it's my house. I feel like the Ronos are coming any day now that <laughs> I got to head out. <laughs> you, think, so, yeah. you think this house is going to be your forever house or do you think you'll ever like, be like all right, uh, I'll sell it and then move back to the peninsula? Because, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, peninsula. Is that's a good question. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, that, that's a good question. Yeah, that is the plan. I, I want to go back to Redwood, uh, born and raised in Redwood uh, uh, as of right now, work in Redwood. But I do want to go back to the peninsula, maybe not Rebel City. I would love to go to Rebel City, but Rebel City is like super expensive. Um, but now with this, I have something to leverage, you know, like I, I could sell this and maybe like, you know, get more money later down the road or whatnot. Um, and now having this not now. But uh, maybe not later down the road too. Like looking into, I hear a lot of my my friends that uh, they're they're buying houses out in 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 the valley, Stockton and Modesto, and they just rent them out and have the house pay itself. You know, yeah. so like that's something that I might look into. Um, not right now. I'm broke as hell with this house, <laughs> but <laughs> we gotta. You know, I'm rebuilding, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe when I refinance um tax season is around the corner uh yeah we'll see uh but the plan ideally yeah move back to the peninsula and maybe like a long-term goal like buy a house uh somewhere else and have it pay itself yeah and i mean to circle back technically you're not broke like you said the reason why <laughs> you want to rent is to pay somebody else that money yeah it's your house and you have that equity of the exactly home. So, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's that's facts. And um, and yeah, también no ser cargado, like enough to pay the mortgage. You know, all I want is the house to get paid. And if someone's gonna be using the house, go for it. You know, like build your family there, or whatnot. Just, just don't destroy my house, and <laughs> we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Yeah. I mean, if you guys don't mind, I, I like my major goal was to um explain this terminology and maybe like whoever stuck around towards the end gives this little like you know uh breakdown of terms of how i went about it like um 
you know, like, uh, let's see, like escrow. We, we kept on talking about escrow and whatnot. Like, basically, um, what escrow is, it's like, a, think of it like, you know, like, I'm selling you some pair of kicks, you know, and, and, and you, uh, Danke, you're like, oh, you know what, like, you give me the money first, and then I'll give you the kicks. And I'm like, nah, you give me the kicks first and I, I'll give you the money after, you know, like, and then we're just stuck like that. We don't trust one another. We don't know one another. We're just like that. So that's where escrow comes in. It'll be Gio. And he's like, hey, I'm a third party and give me the shoes and give me the money and I'll hold it. I'll make sure that once all the, the paperwork and everything is uh, going on, uh, I'll make sure that that uh, everyone gets what they're getting. You know, and if 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 something doesn't fall through, then okay, I'll give you back your money and I'll give you back your shoes. If something happens down the road, but you have to pay for that, so there's a fee for that. You know, just for a person being the third party, um, being there. Uh, so yeah, so there's a fee to process your purchase or sell, and basically it it gets paid fifty fifty. Like you'll pay half of it, I'll pay half of it. So nobody's like getting uh, fucked over or whatnot. Um, and yeah, they just, just like a fee to oversee the process of the sale and like, and, and make sure that the sale goes how it's supposed to. So yeah, just a third party. And yeah, I, think, I guess that go for it. Oh no, uh, that's crazy. I was going to ask you, what is, uh, you brought a contingency. What was that? Oh yeah. Yeah. So when you're getting ready to close, I guess this is what we missed. Like, uh, first, first thing is you check out your loan, make sure that you're pre-approved. Then you get a realtor, you start house shopping and all this fun stuff. Once you zero in into the house that you want, then you move into like the the uh, the offer, the offer portion of the of the house. You know, like, OK, I want this house. So your real, realtor will submit a like formal offer letter to the owner of the house, which says like, hey, like I'm submitting this letter on behalf of like my client. And check this out. Like, this is the loan officer that approved all the paperwork for him. Um, he can afford your house. Um, here you go. And if the buyer accepts the offer, you go into this like 30 day closing um, phase. Um, and in that phase, it's, it's important to like not make any financial chases because right now that's when they're really looking at everything, you know? Um, so, yeah. And then that's like an op, that's when you give. 2%, like a deposit, you give 2% of what you're going to be giving, uh, which could also go down to the down payment, but you're giving 2% to let the buyer know that like, you're serious about this, you know? And then there's, there's offers that come in with contingency and there's offers that come in without contingency. So if you give an, uh, I give the 2% and, and I say, here's, and keep in mind if if you're there's also other people looking at this you know so i'm the seller and i get an offer with contingency and without contingency basically contingency is an insurance on your deposit so like it's a 30 day period of the houses they're they're looking at your all your finances they're looking at everything you know like if if you you really are who you are and shit like that um in those 30 days you give the deposit 2% and um, let's say that you keep looking around and you're like, you know what? I found another house. Like, I don't want that house no more. I'm out. If you had contingency, you get your deposit back because you had insurance on your on your deposit. That's what contingency means. Um, if you don't, the seller is like, all right, go for the house. But I'm keeping your deposit, you know, 
And some people can afford to do that. Some people could be like, yo, fuck it. Like, keep my 30K, 20K. I don't need them. I'm on to the next, you know? Um, I couldn't. So I was throwing all my bets with contingency. I want my money back, you know? Um, and that was one thing where I, where I go back to the realtor and she was like, oh, you know, it'll look stronger if we don't put it with contingency. And I'll be like, because think about it, you know, like uh, I'm the seller. I'm selling a house. Um, let's say five, uh, 500000 Both of you guys are interested. Um, you guys give me the same offer, but uh, Geos has contingency, that, which means like if he changes his mind, I got to give him back his money and you do it without contingency. So you are like, you know, I got you by the balls. So as a seller, who do you, and I'm already, I'm trying to get done with this. I want to be done. Like, who do you realistically think is going to win that bid? You know, like, uh, okay, both of you guys went in a bidding war. You guys both stopped at the same number, but Gio had contingency, which means like he's a serious buyer. He, he actually submitted the 2%, but if he changes his mind in these 30 days, I have to give him back his money opposed to hi man you change your mind i keep your money so i'm gonna go with that offer because that's a win-win situation for me if you go through with it cool like we go through and we finalize and i'm done with selling my house and that headache too uh of that you know uh and if you don't i still get to keep your two percent you know and i'll go with that offer every day <laughs> god damn yeah. <laughs> yeah see and like Shit like that. My realtor would be like, oh, yeah, I think it'll be stronger if we submit a, a contingency. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. What is contingency? Oh, it's just an insurance on your down payment. And why do I need insurance on my down payment? Oh, if you change your mind or even if if you don't change your mind and something happens in the loan process where like, oh, actually, you know, you change jobs or oh, any other things that I told you before that like, you know, your credit score wasn't, they checked it and it dropped or you opened the new account and it fucked it up. And it and you're not you're not pulling out, but it's just like now you're not approved for that money. You lose your money because your loan. You know, there's there's a it's called like loan contingency, appraisal contingency, and um, what's the other one? Uh, deposit contingency. You know, and and that's another word, appraisal. Uh, appraisal. Like I could put my house on the market for whatever amount I want. You know, like I could say, okay, my house, I'm gonna sell it for a million um obviously like uh, i don't know what the selling goes but i'm guessing that they check the market to see what what what's selling and they'll put a number right and then you as a buyer you gotta go and check um, like check around or whatnot and then when you like my house then and someone else likes my house as well you guys get in a bidding war you know um and then in that process when you finalize you guys bid up bid or whatever you guys uh what was the example? He said, house was 800. You guys end up bidding and end up at 850. You know, both of you guys, you have contingency, you don't. Um, I take the, I take Hymas because he doesn't have contingency. So I already got the 2% for sure in my pocket. Um, so then when appraisal happens, so Gio's out of the picture now, like, you know, he's on, he moved on and whatever. So now you're going through the, the loan. Uh, you get a proof of the loan. Uh, cool. Now the last part is like appraisal, you know, like, okay, now, you're past the you're, we're getting close to closing this this deal now the appraisal now the bank comes in or whoever your loan officer is comes in and they actually look at the house look at the property inspect it and look at everything and be like okay well check this out Jaime you're gonna pay a 50 for the house but we value it for 800 so we appraise it it's basically the house value we value it for in the market and with everything that the market is at right now 800 so 
that's where contingency comes. If you, if you, it's like eight fifty, you you overbid and you have contingency on your appraisal, on the appraisal contingency, then you could be like, yo, I, I good, you know, it's eight hundred. Let me let me talk to the seller and be like, hey, I have a I have contingency of appraisal, and they said that it was eight hundred. I'm not gonna pay you eight fifty. Let's lower it out to eight hundred. You know. Um, but I, I fucked up and I didn't do that. I didn't do, I didn't do, I got in a bidding war. I went up uh 10 K more than what the house got appraised. And, and, and yeah, and then I had to cough up uh, those 10 K and, and then my, then luckily, like I blew up on my realtor and whatever, and noticed that she was probably just trying to come up on me and miraculously, like a day later, that 10 K turned into like 2 K. And it didn't feel that bad, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. Like uh, I didn't get, I didn't fuck myself over that much. I'm paying $2,000 over what the house is worth. I'm down with that. So what happens if she doesn't want to, uh, they don't want to lower the price. So that's when you get, you can move on to the next house, but they keep your deposit. Fuck. Okay. Depending if you had contingency or not. Yeah. So you get, you, there's contingency on the appraisal. There's contingency on the inspection and there's contingency on the the loan. So if something happens on your end and you can't afford it anymore or you're not approved for that amount, the seller keeps your money and it's your fault for not having the right, I don't know, for losing your pre-qualified or whatever. Not having the right right guidance too. Yeah, that's that's facts. But yeah, uh, that's that's contingency appraisals, just like how much the the house is worth, uh, and and then you get in once you close, you get into the closing cost. There's a closing cost, you know, and that is about like two to three percent of of whatever the purchase price is, and like that that uh, that closing cost it varies, you know, it varies, and it's different fees in different uh, counties and and states and whatnot you know um so you own the, the closing costs you owe a lot of fees to different parties you know and and that's where like escrow comes in because like um not, not escrow i mean the title company there's a title company this title company will make sure to pay all these parties like you just pay the pay the title company and they'll pay all these other fees um so like for the appraisal they need to come they have to pay someone to come and do that appraisal so that's one party you have to pay um there's like home inspection that's someone you have to pay for the home inspection, you know, uh, to see if there's like small, small issues, big issues, any repairs. But if that's the case, um, once you get that, that uh, evaluation of the house, you could use that to negotiate the, the you know, um, the price of the house. Like, hey, you know, I, I said that I would pay this, but the roof is fucked up, you know, like, and I looked into it and it's going to cost me like, I don't know, like 15K, like, can we drop it or what? And, and there, that's when you kind of like, that's when contingency comes in. Like if he says no, like, no, I don't want to like, okay, you had inspection contingency. So now the inspection happened, you could get your money back. If you didn't, you, you're fucked. You're like, fuck. Uh, I, the inspection happened. The roof is fucked up. I didn't have contingency on, on it. So now they get to keep my deposit. I have to move forward with this shit. So yeah, I advise, but if you're in a market where, where like people are, you got to check the market. If people are, are, uh, it's it's hard to explain because like if people are doing these offers without contingency, then you're gonna be losing every single time because you're coming in this with like contingency and 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 it sucks because um you're you're 
like I said, like I give you the example, you know, I'm going to take the one that doesn't have contingency all the time. And, and Gio's always going to get overlooked because he has insurance on his money. But, you know, and that's why my realtor was like, hey, I'm sorry to say this. I know you want to put insurance on your money, but the market right now, everyone's doing non-contingency. So, like, that's what the seller's seeing. So you're going to lose every single time when you go up to the seller and you have insurance on your money, you know. But también te tienes que pensar and it's like, fuck, I ain't trying to lose 20K, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So uh, it's a lot of money. Uh, but yeah. Where do you look at like for the market like um like that type of info? Like do you, is there a website? There to my knowledge, I'm not sure. Um but just asking around, I'm sure you you know someone that's bought a house like for example me, I could tell you the market when I was in which was like at least uh, two months ago, a lot of a lot of offers are going in with contingency. A lot of people are willing to lose their money. There's some fucking ballers out here. Like, I'll go to houses. I like it. And there'll be like, fuck, like people there, like with the cash money. Like, I got it. I got the mill right now. Get everybody out of here. Like, I want this house right now. Wow. And it's like, damn, you you fucking got that money? And it's like, yup. And it's like, all right. Like, cool. you can't be people like that. And I would always be losing to to people like that. And, and, and. Shit, I'll just keep it up there. <laughs> but, but yeah, nah, there's some people that are ballers out here, man. Like you, you be going up and they don't even want it for themselves, which is a sad part. They just want to rent it and make money. Usually though, I mean, that's, yeah, usually those are just looking to do that. You know, that's why they know that if they come like that, they're going to get the house. Yeah, no, hell yeah. So, yeah, like bringing it full circle to the closing costs, you got to pay like the escrow, which I told you guys is like, you know, I, I have the keys and the money, the third party. You have to pay the appraisal. Someone that comes and looks at the house and evaluates it. You got to pay the home inspection. You got to pay the lender fees. Um, and then the lender fee, there's like there's the loan fee, the credit report because they check your credit credit report fee, the processing fee. Um, then there's like a title recording fee to like. It's just a record now with your name under the house and you got to pay for that paper. Uh, there's home insurance, you know, like you have to pay for home insurance, there's property tax and all that put together is the closing cost. And you got to pay that up front, huh? Or yep. Damn. Yep. You have to pay. You got to pay your closing costs. You got to pay your down payment. Um, yeah, that all comes <laughs> with that. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Um yeah, it's 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 a lot of money. <laughs> That's crazy. I, so, I didn't know like all the shit you're telling because my my parents bought um, the house that we, I've been living at in Sunnyvale since like 2007. And, okay. Because they first they owned a house in Tracy. They sold that house. Mm-hmm. They used that money as a down payment on this house. And I didn't know like they went through all that shit. It, I thought it was just like here's the money, give me the house, and that's yeah. it. No, nah, that shit is stressful, man. But but like I don't want to scare anyone off. Like yeah. there's I was I was on crunch time. There's there's a lot of programs out there that can help you, like that FHA, you know, that lowers your down payment to 3.5. Um and 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 it doesn't there's other other programs that I think right now because of Biden Biden, they they give you um they'll help you with the closing costs, um, shit like that. So like you can look into them. I was just like you know like yeah. stressing you know I, I i didn't look into it i i would do research after work and then after work i'm already on a computer 24 7 so like i want to get off this shit you know like i don't want to be on a computer but then i'll turn around and see reality and like 
there's someone in my house or not my house, the house I was living in, like they're looking at because, you know, they're trying to buy it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I, we're moving. So let me just, you know, and and then I got my mom stressing like, yo, we we are looking at like 30 days. Now we got 30 days. And I was like, all right, fuck it. Let me turn on this YouTube video and find out what escrow is. And let me find out what like this and that. And and yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough. But definitely check out this. There's, there's some good programs. There's the FHA one. Um, which, like I said, lowers down your, your down payment to 3.5. Uh, you don't have to have that much like good credit score. I think it's like 580 uh, to 600. Don't quote me on that. Um, but it does come with its, you know, has the pros and cons. Like you have to have insurance for the, the longevity of that loan. Um, there's programs that will help you with the down payment. There's programs that um, will help you with the closing costs, depending on the market. Like our realtor told us like right now, we had to pay the closing costs. That's the market we're in right now. There was a, there was a time and in, in place where the seller was paying the closing costs. Um, so check the market. And the best way is to check with somebody that recently bought a house. And if you don't have anyone that bought the house, like I would say the next best thing would be YouTube or just internet resources and looking. And you can spend a lot of time looking at it, but it'll be worth it. I, I think it helped me out. And I think uh, I don't feel like I did like a great job. And I don't think I did a bad job. I think I did a decent job with 90 days that I had. <laughs> and I mean, I, and it sucks too, because I'm sure you were doing all the work. Like your parents looked at yeah. you like, hey, like handle it. It's all exactly on translate this and look at this paperwork. What are we signing? And I was like, fuck, like, I, don't, I don't know. I got this like fat stack of paper like this is like two Bibles on top of each other. And it's like, fuck, dude. And, and, that was also stressful, dude. Like signing all these papers, it took it took us like like four hours to sign all these fucking papers. Like, you know, um, yeah. Because on the like last week's, yeah, when it's all official, there's like a notary that comes and like you know you 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 sign the paperwork and you just a bunch of shit, a bunch like you're gonna signing your life away. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm part of the Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but definitely, man, like all this information, like, I mean, I knew some, but there's some sh- things that you were mentioning that I'm like, damn, like, I have no idea either. Um, but I-, I think it was great. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit. Like, for example, I'm sure there's someone that's going to watch this video and be like, I'm planning on buying a home and this yeah. is going to help now, you know, and, and just sharing your experience. I'm sure, you know, they'll look into that realtor. They'll look into maybe I need to save a little bit more for all these other costs that I had no idea for. So yeah. I appreciate your time and I appreciate you sharing all this. And we got to definitely have you back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there, there's more things we, we can get into. Yeah. yeah really yeah, enjoy yeah. the time. No, thank, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no, th- this was something that I didn't foresee doing. And uh, I don't really do like, even on my IG, I don't like, putting myself out there or whatnot but i definitely felt some type of way when i bought the house and like i don't want people to make like like i said i feel like i did an okay job but like i don't want people to make the same mistake and if i could help someone else with that is actually like you said looking at a house and hopefully they look at this and it helps them you know and and do your own research don't don't take my word for it you know the market changes numbers change interest change so like do your own research, but hopefully this is a good start for you um, or anyone that's looking into it. And if you take one thing out of this, like, you know, 
work on that getting out of debt man like that that shit is tough and i know it's it's easier said than done but like try to try to tackle it down you know once you do that a lot of doors open you have more money to work with and 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 it opens up doors man yep. stop spending that money at a40 facts but thanks for having me this is this is an awesome fucking podcast and and i checked out some of the videos you guys did before uh, i think uh michelada on vix that's yeah. my boy i seen that i seen you guys had george not that long ago um yeah no this is this is awesome i think you guys are doing a great job keep it up and yeah hopefully you guys have me back <laughs> whenever, whenever you're free whenever you want yeah. <laughs> other you know like i said i feel like you uh there's a you you i feel like there's a lot of interesting things that you get into that you know is very interesting yeah no and and i'm glad we did this and i'm glad i could help someone and yeah see turn into part two yeah part <laughs> two <laughs> all right yeah, well, sign all us right, out guys. Uh, if you guys stayed to the end of the fucking podcast thank you like subscribe uh, yeah and follow us on a- ig thank you like subscribe guys Let's get those views up. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Das Mama Boys.